One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagan's. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of a big thank you to an inferiority complex for providing our theme song it is february 25th 2024 my name is zach weber and joining me is reserved chris porteous Happy to be here to discuss Project Necromancer. Mm. And we have, for I Am the Destroyer of Retail, Joe. Hello, everybody. I am back. And joining us, a week and a half removed from the Super Bowl, Jason Kelsey's on the call. Sanger, I never realized... How the crap? I have gotten this. This is the fourth time. This is the fourth time someone said that. What the... Sanger, I saw a picture of him. I'm like... Zanger? I'm like, oh I'm like, see the Super Bowl like box. I'm like, Zanger <laughs> had to like take a moment and be like, Zanger would be telling us. No, if there's, he was there's, you are the fourth. This is the fourth time this has been brought up. And I'm like, what? How? What? Why? It's not your fault, Zanger. No, You've had no, this look for years. He's the problem. Two of the people went, oh, you look like um, Travis Kelsey's brother. <laughs> Don't even know his name. Don't even know Travis his Kelsey's name. brother. <laughs> Travis Kelsey's brother, and the only reason they know Travis Kelsey is because he's dating Taylor Swift. You're lucky you got told like you weren't like Taylor Swift's like boyfriend's like brother, brother. Like that would be even rough. Oh, don't don't worry, give it time. Apparently, this <laughs> this get up I've got right now, it's just I didn't ask for this life. <laughs> All right, folks. So we are discussing on this week's episode, The Bad Batch Season 3, Initial 3 Episodes, on top of all other sorts of uh, Lucasfilm, Star Wars shenanigans. Um, We have more rumors surrounding uh, uh, Galactic Guardians, Mandalorian, and Grogu. We have have Gina Carano suing Lucasfilm, thanks to... uh, Oh, God. What's our nickname for Elon Musk? What are we calling him? What did Rob call him? Uh, Elon Musk's Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> that would work. He said he looks like him. He said that. He says like he's because Rob asked why. Where's Pierce Brosnan? And we're like, that's not technically a thing, Rob. And he's like, then Elon Musk. And it's like, okay. Um, we have those rumors. We have OG Star Wars Battlefront yeah. being re-released, which I imagine yeah. Zander's excited about. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Already bought it. Already bought it. And it's been canceled. <laughs> Dang it. I know, right? Womp, womp. I guess I'll just go play myself in Madden again. Mm. <laughs> Not you, Zanger. <laughs> Someone's brother. So, uh, um, yes, exactly. <laughs> there's also rumors that Respawn is making a Star Wars Mandalorian video game. Good for them. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff is just kind of like uh, boilerplate. And did we did we talk on the record about Asajj Ventress being in the trailer for the Bad Bunch? Just a second. But just quickly on the Mandalorian game, like, it's really just an obscene uh, 
misstep that such a thing hasn't existed for years already at this point, and they must not like money. <laughs> well, it is a Lucasfilm after all. They just love stepping in it repeatedly. Um, and the Indiana Jones video game. We had it for the first time since what? The 90s were probably going to have a decent Indiana Jones video game, which is something that's weird to say. Uh, they think, said the same thing about a movie series. and well, Yeah, I think Infernal Machine might have been like 2000 or something, but it's been a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, the trailer actually, shockingly, somehow doesn't look that bad. It seemed, the audio mix was a little weird on the trailer. It was like, not. it didn't seem quite professionally finished, which is hilarious. But uh, but thematically and aesthetically, the trailer looks good. Yeah, looking at that trailer, I'm like, wow, somehow this looks like a better Indiana Jones movie than the one we got last year. The one that Zach has a poster of behind him. Hey, man, I dig aspects of it. The poster is better than the movie. And technically, it's to my left, not to my back. Uh, you, Taylor you, Swift you is to my take back. take one syllable off that statement. Mm. Zenger, Zenger. Your sister-in-law is behind me. Do you have anything to say to her right now? <laughs> Future sister-in-law. Future, Future sister-in-law, a legend. On, Get it right. I know. All right. So do we want to delve into the Bad Bunch or we want to talk about one of the new stories first? Well, we better talk about the Bad Bunch real quick. Otherwise, I'll forget it. <laughs> All right. Sorry, let's, was we'll that start- out loud? <laughs> Joe, on a scale of hyped to insane hype, how hyped were you for these three episodes? Like, did you get your Omega thirst quenched? There was just so much, Omega. so much Daniel Logan in a wig. I'll tell you one thing. What I, you know, think watching three episodes of The Bad Batch right now that could have been condensed to a half an episode, you know, really got my juices flowing for The Bad Batch and gave me some serious, like, vibes of the first season. Like how many how many times do you have to see her walking down a hallway at the same time in order to get get the rhythm to it? The real question shows how many times can does she have to go they like, bring blood to a scientist right. and watch it go with a little like that it was it was beyond me. I don't know. I are you saying that are you saying the Empire's processes are not as efficient as they could be within the lab? I'm saying they're very thorough because they're doing the same thing every day, the same time of day. Like you could, you could set a watch by it. That was the point. The ticking clock. That's what they set it up as, right? Did, did, was was that not the metaphor? Yeah, it, it, there's a few montages that implying that many days are passing, and she's like scratching on the wall in a very cliched fashion. But I did. Uh, I don't know. I, I forget what the first one's called. It's like captive or something. Um, I don't know. Like if you if you if you told me like in two sentences what that episode's about, it's like kid spends two months in jail. I got more out of the highlight reel on the first episode than I did on all three episodes because I thought I finished watching the Bad Batch last season, and apparently. Tech died. <laughs> I did not know that. Well, 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 Joe, you got the recap at least. You saw. I know, it but the thing is, that it was more exciting. Wait, tech to watch died. <laughs> it made more sense to watch the recap, so I think I should wait until season four comes out of the Bad Batch twenty years from now. And Dave Filoni decides, you know what? I'm not done with the Bad Batch. Let's do a recap 
of season three so people know what's going on and then I'll we'll be able to tell season four. Joe essentially wants what like the prelude to the Kenobi show was that like recaps the entire prequels in 90 seconds and just explains like, Oh God, what six hours of entertainment. I would react. I would react like them too. Like, Ooh, ah, Ooh, ah, because I would be actually interested because they're getting all the fluff out of the way. You know, I do think that there was a, you know, and there were a couple glimmers of, you know, nice things that were happening as far as, you know, the, the third episode, I don't want to get too far. But, you know, that was interesting. You know, there was, there was five minutes that captivated me there. But overall, the hour and a half that I spent watching, I was like, meh. Yeah, pretty boilerplate overall for a Bad Batch. Like, even Palpatine showing up is kind of like, he kind of shows up as the equivalent of this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you make the clone yet? No, sir. All right, I'll be back in a couple of years. Yeah, it's like, like, like again. They get Ian McDermott. He does nothing. Like, like definitionally, he doesn't even chew the scenery a little bit. Yeah, he does. You're skipping around a little bit. We're now in the third episode, which could have been the only one from a narrative perspective because um, Rex, uh, the two, uh, what's the the what what's the name of the Bad Batch Boys record? And what's the the Bad Batch Boys? There's only two of them now, Chris. Come on. What's the other guy? Uh, Rex and the other guy. So Um, they. um, Steven Seagal, Rambo. No, not not Rambo. Yeah, they were. I'm go. saying they didn't. You know, they didn't even like meet Omega as she escaped at at the end of episode three. So Omega. They, so they really didn't even need their episode, right? It's like episode three covers everything important, pretty much. But uh, you know, so Palpatine shows up, and uh, he he goes into the vault, and he looks at. So we don't get to see it, but he looks in one of these clone tubes, and I'm guessing. It's like some sort of horrific monstrosity, kind of like in the failed clones in Alien Resurrection. And he's just like, ugh, this is not really working out. It kind of looks like him, but it's probably like disturbing. I mean, there's some good stuff in there, man. I don't know. I like I like that third episode. The problem is that like we just they keep just drawing it out as to what the end game to all this is. Like they don't is know. it gonna end in clone rebellion or not? That's the thing, is that oh, I, oh, oh my bad. I thought you meant the end game to this whole plot because it's them trying to explain their way out of a dumb idea they put in the movie. Well, that's that for the thing. some reason we've got to grasp onto with all of our might and shake until it makes sense. Hey man, you gotta respect Lucasfilm being like, nope, we made we made the sequel trilogy. We are owning this for better or worse. We're just they, gonna keep like running the clock out on this until all the kids who grew up with it love it, much like the the prequel trilogy. I mean, <laughs> to be to be fair, this very same facility with doing work to clone Palpatine was in the expanded universe as well. Like this has existed for a while. Hey, so. don't point out things that have better narrative flow. I mean, so, Chris. Chris, I have to ask, like going back to the expanded universe aspect of all this, is there a chance that the creatures surrounding Mount Tantus, they keep hyping up as, oh, there's things out there that you can't even comprehend. Is it a chance that Salamari? I think that's done. It was just the one big, uh, like Frank Frazetta, like, uh, like Mars beast that almost got them at the end of episode three. I think you're done. You're really? You don't think no, it's- that, that, that thing's on a different planet. No, I'm talking about the end of episode three where Omega and 
other Bad Batch men are running through the woods and uh, get uh, to the crash shuttle. There's like a big monster that fights oh. the dogs. I sure. I, I so memorable. Singer's like that may or may not have happened. I do not care enough to challenge it in any aspect. Do you think? Hey guys, do you think the two young clones are Daniel Logan doing the voice from the second episode? Oh God, I hope. Yeah. I hope it's confirmed. It's not true. Oh, I didn't even look it up. It's confirmed. It's Daniel Logan and the kid uh, from uh, Deadpool 2. Oh, they're not both Daniel Logan. They are not both Daniel Logan. That's weird. I don't think so. Why would you do that? Why would you do something? Because they want want to see the world burn. For the same reason why that. (laughs) They let D. D Bradley Baker do every (laughs) single clone, but they won't let Daniel Logan do two that are the same age. It's the same company that wouldn't let Ashley Eckstein voice uh, Ahsoka in live action, Chris. Come on. Well, but no, it's, it's a lot more work than Daniel Logan got in the book of Boba Fett, so like, good for him. Can't wait. When will we get to see Omega in live action? When, when is that going to happen? Because she'll be dead. I mean, She's the armor. <gasps> it's all connected. Get the picture of Charlie Day up with the like the red tape, drawing the lines and tape. It's not a race; it's a creed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, this like it's one thing I did pick up on with these three episodes is that it actually reminded me of like the narrative structure of Andor. The first two episodes are just boilerplate, nothing, nothing, nothing. Third is action. I don't know. It, narrative structure, not saying quality wise, but I'm saying narrative structure as in the first two are just table setting. Third is where your action crescendos. It's like they got the second episode. They had a giant Sarlacc pit in the middle of that base. And that was a Sarlacc. It was reminiscent of. Book yeah. Of Boba Fett. And it was, you know, they were aesthetically trying to make it look like alien for some reason, like the hall of the derelict ship and all that looked like a lot like alien and you have a tentacle monster. But, but they've like, done that before. Like, that's yeah, the thing that's so weird. They've done that before. Because in the second season, remember when the Zillow Beast comes back and it's eating them like in the like derelict ship? Like they've done this before. That's what feels so weird. Not only that, but they've done it in droids in 1985 as well. Like, you know, they 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 reference derelict ships that look like the one in Alien far too often. But yeah, uh Bad Batch season three opening, uh fine. Um, what do we think of Dr. Hemlock as a villain? Just out of curiosity, is is that like I guess we haven't had a lot of mad science. Like outside of what, Dr. Evazon, we really haven't had a lot of uh evil scientist characters in Star Wars. I, I find him inoffensive and he hasn't said anything appallingly stupid yet, so um thumbs up. Give it time. I think he's mad. I, again, I don't know. Like, like, obviously, they're tying this to, of course, Project Necromancer, which is Mandalorian season three buzzwords, which is going to t- spiral into Rise of Skywalker nonsense. Which also means that they've made very little progress over like 25 years of this project because, in both cases, we see a tube with a horrific body in it and no progress. <laughs> it gave them Lord Emperor Snoke. Yeah, Which means Omega is definitely dead. No, Zenger, it means Omega is Snoke. Damn. Any armor. (laughs) 
Bum 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 bum. But no, like it's like it's weird that this is their like through line going from like immediate like Revenge of the Sith, Order sixty six stuff, all the way to like episode nine. Is that this is like nope, we're gonna like ride this plot thread hard. I, I want just, somebody. I want somebody to to, uh, to explain to J.J. Abrams that midichlorians are now being used to explain his return of Palpatine in episode nine. Because that would really bother him, probably. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I like to imagine the meme you posted where like it's Obi-Wan looking at the screen of Anakin's midichlorian count with Omega looking at it. I like to imagine there's like this similar scr- like deleted scene from The Rise of Skywalker and it's Kylo Ren walking through the base on Exegol and he sees a little screen. It's it's like clone emperor M count. But they are using the term M count. They're, they are not 100% confident in the term midichlorian. They still realize that's a dirty word in some circles. I feel Wasn't M count in uh, Mandalorian season three as well? I think it showed up. That that's what I mean. Too, like, you know? I don't think they're comfortable with it either. I think it's very much like they still don't want to use that word. It's like what the word mutant was to like Marvel like fanboys like in the mid 2010s. Well, it's like, at least, we can't use that term. That's a Fox term. At, at least they're not pretending that it doesn't exist because they're canon. You can't do anything about it. And uh, it's sacrilege to imply otherwise. Man, what a strange time we live in. The Phantom Menace is weirdly. Oh, another piece of news. The Phantom Menace is coming back to theaters in like two months going i'm excited you guys can like, like joe you can snicker as much as you want i am going to sit there like i can't wait to throw that uh, my that qui-gon lightsaber you got me at the screen like as if it were a rocky horror picture show showing just chuck it like qui-gon ignites his lightsaber on the droid control so just throw it at the screen and then you pierce the screen like when he's going through the door exactly <laughs> That's what we should do. We should make fan. Think of Chris. You explain this to me. Why is it that in the last like fifteen years, the only prequel film to get re-released twice is the Phantom Menace? Attack of the Clones has not been re-released since two thousand two. Good. Revenge of the Sith not re-released since two thousand five. And before Chris says it, they did have the three D showings at one celebration. But think about it. In how many years, Phantom Menace gets released twice? The other two prequels. Nothing. Because, well, there, it'll happen. It might happen this time when you hit the same anniversaries. We'll see. But um, it's because you have to start with one because people are idiots. And then when you realize one didn't work out so good, you abandon the project. Like a, like a, like a certain McDonald's bucket? Wait a second. Hold on. You got to start with one. Um, I believe a great uh, Giorgio Lucas started with four. We're talking about the prequels only here, Zanger. You gotta keep you gotta follow along. He started with four, and we're all here now because we can't grow up inside. He technically started with Star Wars, not four. Whatever. You are technically right, Chris. The best kind of correct. That's all irrelevant. I think that Disney is trying to milk this four billion dollar investment that they they took years ago, and they're gonna just go all the way. And you're going to sit there and see them release the prequel movies like they are right now. Hey, it's a 25th anniversary. Go see it. You know, remember this when you were a kid, you know, get a little bit of nostalgia going. And then what they'll do is they'll they'll sit there and it'll be it'll be a top performing box office hit because the crap that they got coming out now is is crap horrible. 
you know, and what they're going to do is, yeah, you'll have Phantom Menace this time and then they'll wait another couple of years and, hey, it's the 25th of, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones. Come see it. Come see it. And then what they'll do, start doing is when the, the original trilogy, they'll start bringing that back out into theaters again, too, with the Disney Plus cut. I think you'll see that the original trilogy coming out probably before the the Mandalorian movie just to get people up to speed and get them hyped to go see Star Wars again in the theater. And then after that, guess what? Oh, my God. It's the 10th anniversary or the 20th anniversary of The Force Awakens. Let's, let's put that in the theaters again. Let that sink in, everybody. Next year is the 10th anniversary of The Force Awakens. Now, what? that's a scary idea. Yeah. So here's a question because, like, Zenger's going to love this. Where did time go? <laughs> Zenger. Zing, you're going to love this. Yeah. So the Phantom Menace 3D re-release made mm-hmm. $43 million in North America and $102 million worldwide in 2012. That's not bad. What could a distribution even cost? That's what I mean. But like, does that make, does it make more money this time in a post prequels are now kind of good world? Because keep in mind, 2012 is still when the prequels are considered sin. How much did that Jedi re-release make? 40th. Return of the Jedi? It's a great question. I do not know. Let's see. Before you say oh, they're not comparable, Zinger, yes, they are. I, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say dumber stuff. <clears throat> um, I would have believed you if you had said it only made $102 outside the United States. That's um, I, I guess adjusted well, for inflation. It had the 3D upcharge too. Oh, yeah. Okay, Chris, you're gonna you're gonna eat this up. So the 2023 re-release of Return of the Jedi only made seven point two million dollars. Only. Only. Which is weird because like it, I think it only played for a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, Phantom Menace in 2012 was around for a lot longer than a week, wasn't it? It played. It's oh god, it's so hard because Box Office Mojo sucks so much. Yeah, I feel like that was um, a, around a lot longer than a week. It, that was like it opened February tenth, and it did not leave theaters. It looks like until Memorial Day weekend. So like it, it hung around for like three months. It refused to leave theaters. In its last weekend, it made two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I would get a laugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also it's just like distribute for them to send these films out to cinemas must be cheaper than ever now. Like they probably have like an FTP server. They're probably not even physically mailing anything. Right. Like, I don't know how it actually works, but it, it must be cheaper than ever. So like, what's the overhead, right? You're sending something that's already made. You're dropboxing it. <laughs> but Chris, you have to admit, you have to be because what was C okay CGI Yoda already existed for this, so we're pretty much just seeing the 2012 cut without the 3D. I would have rather seen it without the 3D at that time. Yes, did I don't remember hating the 3D back 10 years ago. Like it's not that it did anything, but it didn't. It wasn't egregious. Yeah, I just didn't notice it, and at that point, I'd rather not wear the glasses. You didn't wear the Anakin pod racing glasses that they gave out. Also, post conversion is cancer and should not exist oh god disagree if you can make it work it's fine maybe maybe ai can make it work but the way they were doing it back then was absolutely useless 
But no, I, I'm excited for the Phantom Menace in 3D. Like, also, too, it should be noted that this, like, first weekend in May this year is the first time that a Marvel movie has not opened the summer movie season since, like, oh, God, 2006? I was wondering why the world felt better than it used to a few months ago. <laughs> but that's the reason why you're getting the Phantom Menace. Is because Disney doesn't have a Marvel movie. I think, you know, there's a possibility that, you know, in 2012, we were still getting like good films. So there's a possibility that the Phantom Menace will like awaken a whole new generation of children who's only ever seen abject slop for the last 10 years. And maybe they'll realize that there are, there are real films. Well, I don't know though. Is this, I have a feeling Disney's only going to keep this in theaters for like two weeks and they're going to pull it out. I think is okay. We should kind of tie into like another rumor is that there's a rumor going around that the Acolytes debut date is sometime like beginning of June of, of this year. So I can only presume that the Phantom Menace is going back into theaters, much like how Rogue One went into theaters before Andor came out is like quasi marketing for this considering that they're kind of like low key hyping the acolyte as 50 years before the events of the phantom menace that's what i'm assuming that it's the same philosophy that led rogue one to come out before and i wouldn't be surprised before they announce like a sneak preview of the acolyte before the phantom menace like they did then they butchered the the one action scene in the first th- uh, three episodes of andor i think the the phantom menace even after the Acolyte comes out, has better uh, monetary value and brand recognition than the Acolyte, even after episode two of the Acolyte comes out. No one cares about the Acolyte. I know, but I think I think you're only getting this re-release as, as a form of marketing. I don't think they're doing it as some like misplaced, like throwing a bone to the Star Wars fandom. I don't know. I think, uh, I think there's, you know, there's this, there's this thing that, uh, is very observable with like collectibles where like 25 years after something came out, the people who uh, got it as a kid now have expendable income. I don't know, man, there might be like a resurgence in Phantom Menace appreciation from people who were like seven or six when they saw it. You never know. I, but that's like raising my hand right now. Like that's literally me. Yeah. But like the normie version of you who like saw it in theaters so you mean the person who like digested like Sorcerer's Stone and Fellowship of the Ring in the same time frame? Yeah, and they're if it more balanced than like all of those things. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. But uh, I think that's a lot of people, you know, and I think that uh, because Phantom Menace is actually a good film, unlike what they're used to getting, you know, it could, I mean, I just if they give it enough, if they give it enough time in theaters, I I wouldn't be surprised if it does better than that Return of the Jedi, to be honest. But like I said, I think Return of the Jedi was a weird bone. Like, I don't think that was like the Return of the Jedi one's kind of misplaced because like it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, there really wasn't anything happening around that time to yeah, really. But you don't, it doesn't need context, though. You know, when I, I mean, I want to does nothing in a vacuum, though. Well, except for the fact that there was a ton of product that was Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary. Was so, there? Like, yeah, there was like. It, that there that was a um that was, there was like a bunch of TVC and black series that had packaging for Return of the Jedi 40th, 
And uh, I feel like a, a bunch of other companies did stuff as well. Like Hot Toys had some stuff labeled Return of the Jedi 40th. You know, it was more than more than nothing. <laughs> but I mean, there wasn't any big like – don't get me wrong. There's merchandise around it, but there wasn't any sort of major push of anything else. Well, it wasn't the, co-branding. Yeah, but merchandise is – that's that that's the uh, that's the main event. Like, is it? Return is of the Jedi like, – like, it's like, Return. but like the main event is like a skin in Fortnite. That's the main event. Return of the Jedi 40th got way more product than the Acolyte's going to get. It got more product than Ahsoka that got. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Um, okay. So looking at like the movie release schedule, like the, the only big movie, there's two big movies coming out. Um, one's like a kid's movie, Thabo and the Rhino case. Because we're all excited for Thabo and the Rhino case. And then the other big release is The Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. And then the weekend after that is um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes and Tarot, the tarot card movie, because we live in that future, unfortunately. And then the week after that, we have Back to Black, The Strangers, Chapter One, and then If. And then after that's Furiosa and the Garfield movie. And that's kind of it. Like, like there isn't a lot of like heavy hitters this May. Like every single one of these movies, would oh god, I don't even want to call Furiosa like, like a slam dunk. It's not like it's a George Miller movie. It's gonna have its audience, but it's not gonna be like a barn burner. And even Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, it's like okay, like is there genuine palpable excitement for that? Like again, there's an audience, but dude, not yeah. It's like give me dudes in ape makeup or. Just don't even lose my number. Like I'm not even interested. Um, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Yeah, I was on a, oh, I was on, Zayas. I was on a Unbelievers live stream with Ross a couple <laughs> nights ago, and he played a trailer for something called Sasquatch Sunset, which has oh, like yeah, a, yeah. A-list actors in in Bigfoot makeup, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that's what your Planet of the Apes movie should be. You guys are <laughs> slipping up. It's kind of funny, like even looking at like all the movies coming out in June, there's really like no slam dunks. Like, like there's movies like Inside Out Two, which is like okay, like Pixar is gonna Pixar, and then you have like Bad Boys Four. I, I don't know if that's still a thing, and then you have like probably Despicable not. Me Four, which is gonna be a that's the definition of like probably the biggest movie of the summer. I think the it, slap, I think the slap and the fallout of the slap ruined a lot of people's interest in Bad Boys Four. Do those people even care? Those people are just like after. Like, okay, after the slap happened, and then Jada was like, eh, you know, I haven't even really been living with Will Smith for like three years. At that point, it's like, oh man, <laughs> well, who even knows what's going on there anymore? I don't know. I, it's just like he needs to get his life together. I don't need bad boys for Will Smith needs a paycheck. Will Smith that's needs another story on his house. It's an, he needs right. a, it's a paycheck. That's that's what it is. Yeah, but like, okay, there's living in luxury, but like also in jail at the same time and some sort of weird psychological hell. And it's hilarious and I'm here for it, but I don't care about Bad Boys 4. There was a Bad Boys 3? Yeah. Wasn't there? <laughs> but like, that's what I mean though, is that like, bad, what, the Bad Boys franchise is what, like late 90, or no, mid 90, what, mid to late 90s? Yeah. And then the second one comes out like in two early 2000s, and then there's nothing for 20 years. And then now it's just like, hey, like, like it's weird, like 90s, 2000s, like nostalgia, which is 
what the Phantom Menace and the prequels are writing. Like, it's weird to think that like early 2000s nostalgia is really the last consensus nostalgia that we have before the internet. The internet just kind of fragmented everything into like a million pieces. Yeah, I don't know if um, I don't know who's like does like does Bad Boys really have like diehard fans? Like, I saw the first one and I was like, huh, it's Will Smith in a worse movie than Men in Black. That was my takeaway. Chris, Chris, and Chris, Chris saw Wawa West and he's just like, wow, Bad Boys looks great. Chris, you <laughs> give me that mechanical you, spider. <laughs> you Canadian, Chris, you Canadian fool, Zach. What was the gross on the last Fast and the Furious movie? Too much. Is too much a quantitative figure? <laughs> There's your answer to why it will make money. They should do a crossover. Will Smith, like, forget about his character from 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 those movies. Just put Will Smith as Will Smith in a Fast and Furious movie with like John Cena, like chewing, like like I don't know, just chewing the scenery. I mean, you don't even have to put John Cena in. You can't see him. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a rough episode. You can tell, folks, that like even though there's a lot of Star Wars stories, none of them are interesting. It's the way like we it's somehow tough. find the Bad Boys franchise infinitely more interesting than three episodes of Star Wars animation. Well, the thing was, I I kind of wanted to talk about the like like the names of the upcoming episodes. Okay, go ahead, give us some names. Younger. Like like there's a different approach. I, okay, cool. The Return. I'm pretty sure that's a movie. Um, Extraction. Pretty sure that's another movie. Bad Territory, the sequel to. That sounds ba- like the Bad Boys. Yes, exactly. The Harbinger. That's the name of my ship in um, in Helldivers too. Identity Crisis. That was something they did in DC, and it didn't work out well. So let's see how Star Wars handle it. Point of No Return. It means you're continuing to watch this. Juggernaut, <laughs> which um. That's an X-Men character. Uh, Into the Breach. I'm sure that's another video game reference. Flash Strike. um, I think that's what the Flash movie was going to be called. And the Calvary has arrived, which means you can finally stop watching. That's a a series finale title is uh, the Calvary Calvary has has arrived. I'm wondering if that's when Rex and Echo finally join up with him. Yeah, it takes a long time. That's when Commander Cody shows up. No, and, and Tech shows up. (laughs) <laughs> introduce zombies i wonder if juggernaut is like an evil version of wrecker that's just like rude and has black armor wait with horns on it yeah or they just have what's his name play the juggernaut again but he's now in space why can i not remember that actor's name i just like the idea of it being evil wrecker he's <laughs> like what makes him evil he has black armor yeah, like there's just a squad of like of those like dirtbag like new stormtroopers, and they like have just this crate that they open, and it's like a like roided out evil wrecker that chases them. That'd be great. Yeah, derelict spaceship. I'm available at Disney. You can hire me. They call Bizarro Squad. He just talks like backwards and everything like that. <laughs> it's Bizarro. Bizarro wrecker. Bizarro wrecker. Oh man, a Bizarro entire Bad Bash squad. Yeah. Isn't that just like Republic Commandos? <laughs> like yes. professional clones who actually can focus <sighs> and don't talk about their feelings? Like, Zach, you play- yeah. Okay, so I know. I, I don't know how many of you remember. But do you remember like the ending of like the Republic Commando video game, where it's yeah. like where they show some emotion because like one of them gets like kidnapped and they're told to like evacuate like Kashyyyk, and it's like and the advisors just like get like 
oh god commandos like get under control like not worth like ruining entire operation for one squad mate and there's like one of them's like i think it's scorch is like one squad mate that's my pod brother and that's like the extent of like emoting for the entire game is one line of dialogue and uh we blew through that in the first like what 15 seconds of dialogue in the bad batch it's like and they're emoting what's the name of uh the other uh female clone doctor lady Doctor, 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 girlfriend. The only, the only other female clone. Two of them. It's two of them. I forget her name. But anyways, you know what? She's probably gonna do something like, like make a copy of. uh, She's probably got uh, text like DNA on file, right? So she'll make like an evil tech that will try and trick uh, Omega to come back or something. Perfect. It's like a false. Oh, okay. Like they lure them in. Yeah, that would work because Omega is uh, very sensitive about her clone brethren. So that would just stupid. work. Stupid. I mean, sensitive. I mean, stupid. <laughs> I okay. Okay. Question: Do we considering that we keep seeing Scorch in all these episodes, like kind of just like escorting Hemlock around? Are we going to get to see Delta Squad at all, or is or is like like are we going to finally get to see them, or is that just something that's just meant to be like a cute Easter egg of Scorch? cute easter egg because no one beside beyond a very surface level even knows who delta squad is wait are they remaking it i think they already did. It, well it oh. came out it's just a remaster it's not it's they it just made they put it on the switch but it's the same game uh apparently by the way just throwing this out there apparently dark forces is getting a port yeah that's uh, next week i think i and know it's on x it's gonna be on G- xbox game pass too i'm excited it's gonna yeah. have achievements and stuff, so that means I'll actually play it. Yeah, like when I when I had the original one, like my PC was so like brand new that like I didn't even have the right sound card. So I like played Dark Forces with no sound because I didn't have the correct sound blaster in like 1996 or whatever the heck it was. Uh, you know, I was roughing it with with no. Uh, they didn't. I don't think they had subtitles for those cutscenes back then. Oof. Hmm. Hold on, wait. Um, Zach's like, there's no chance in hell I'm playing Dark Forces. I'm still waiting uh, on the KOTOR remake coming out in 2035. Yeah. Uh, gave it's me not going to be, yeah. Wait, oh my God, it's going to be remastered in 4K. Dude, oh th- there's a trailer for the... My eyes will bleed. <laughs> there's a trailer for the Dark Forces remaster, and like they even like... They even like redid all the cutscenes. Like they're still like sort of shitty looking, but oh no, no, no! Sort of shitty looking implies they no, they just look like. Shitty. Well, there's three God, beeps right there, guys, but um, beeps. but uh, <laughs> but they sort of compare like the originals to uh to what they remastered, and like it still it still looks like true to the original, but they 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 upresed it tastefully. Oh, don't worry if you have a i five card and uh four gigs of ram you're able to run this thing like a pro oh sorry hold on my bad my bad that's the recommended zach zach dark forces is the first story of caucus Haran, during which mon mothma dispatches him to uh, steal the plans for the original death star yeah when he's in his generoso mode yes <laughs> Chris hates the fact that that's the most no, concise and, way and, of explaining uh, Kyle Katarn and to modern had, audiences. Oh, well, he also accomplishes that in the first level, and it didn't take a whole movie. Yeah, and then he has to go up against Dark Trooper, like... And Bobby Fett. And stuff. Chris, are you suggesting that rebellions aren't built on hope? 
I'm saying they're built on competent mercenaries. <laughs> the most competent. Man, poor Calrissian Endor just got thrown under the bus there. Cucklunk. <laughs> Dollar General Kyle Katarn, even though he's still the best Disney Plus Star Wars show. Okay, so like I'm looking at it's funny on like the Star Wars like Reddit leaks page, like they actually have like a cute little like infographic of like everything coming out this year. And so you have Bad Batch, which has obviously started. Acolyte is this summer. They're still claiming that Tales of the Jedi is sometime this year. Skeleton Crew is supposed to be too. this holiday season. Then you have two games. You have Outlaws and Hunters. Hunters of which thought I thought came out like two years ago, but I guess not. Yeah, no one cares about that anymore. It's like a really bad version of Fortnite or something. It's like, yeah. spare me. Poor man. Poor man's... Uh... But I will say that like going back to uh, Guardian Galaxies, uh, the Mandalorian Grogu, the rumor is, is that that will start shooting this summer. And I think production principal photography is supposed to wrap sometime in the fall, October, if I remember correctly. And its budget is apparently less than any season of The Mandalorian, which kind of makes sense considering that like Mandalorian's eight episodes long and this is going to be like a two hour movie. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait a second. Uh, I'm saying like we're getting a Mandalorian movie. How how are they going to have him be in that when he has to be Reed Richards? It's not going to be in it. It's going to be his voice. Oh, right. That's taking Duh. his helmet off. He's being in a sound studio while he's taping Fantastic you don't think Four. He's, you don't think he's going to take it off even once in the movie? Never. Yeah, probably not. Also, um, Iron Man this. Also, just pointing this out real quick. Um, sitting there by my own business looking at stuff, and I saw that somebody who you know does another show where characters shouldn't take their helmet off made a comment about how they don't take their helmet off. Yeah, I'm, I'm making digs at that. Um, Ma- uh, not Mass Effect, God. Uh, Mass Chief. Apparently, the actor's like, yeah, I'm not going to take my helmet off. Why would I do that? So I immediately posted in the comments a picture of, yeah, no one would ever become famous for not taking their helmet off and put a picture of Din Djarin because I'm a pro. Yeah, uh, I almost I almost started watching the season two of the Halo show because their trailer tricked me that it was going to be more Halo than season one. But uh, the reviews I'm hearing are just hilarious. Like the like the fall of Reach takes place basically in an apartment complex. Like I'm out. Well, here's the thing. I would tell you the review I gave to somebody for the first season, but I've already maxed out my bleeps this episode. So not going to do that. You guys remember when we used to get good things like Halo <laughs> One, Two, and Three? Yeah, I remember when when life was good and gave back to us. <laughs> it was the time to be alive. <laughs> or Zanger. <laughs> All right, so apparently someone has like speculating on Pedro Pascal's schedule. Apparently, The Last of Us season two is filming now. He films Fantastic Four in August. So I don't know. If they're starting like principal photography in June, he could be doing this like in June and July. They need him for one day, Zach. They'll get him in for his one helmet off cameo. That's what I mean. Like, I I, I don't know. Man, it's going to be I still a don't know stretch. what this movie's about unless they really do just <laughs> make... What did Zenger say? What's Snyder Mark did Zenger make? I said it's going to be a stretch. <laughs> Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, <laughs> stretches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like those, and I know that, Zach. Come on. I didn't know. I didn't hear him. 
Like he was too busy. Like I was saying something. His anger is just like Marvel joke. And I'm like, what? And it's like. Well, that's the other thing you have to think of too, is most of the Mandalorian is, is like in a single soundstage because they have the background displays. So they would just shoot the Mandalorian season right where they're shooting the Fantastic Four and they're done. I'm telling you, Joe, it has not, and they don't need to be related at all. He can just show up to take the helmet off for three shots. They'll find a time to do it. It's funny. Somebody from the production said they meant to do that for the last shot of season three. I'm like, you really couldn't get him for like two hours to do like an insert or something like that's crazy. But I always read the reason why they didn't do that is because his again, if he does as a voice acting credit. He's not, he's doesn't, he gets, it's either he's not paid as much or he doesn't get residuals to the same capacity if he doesn't show his face. It's going to be great. Like, you know, when, when Mandalorian final season is like 10 years in the background and like old man, Pedro Pascal's like, oh man, that stupid show. Like, first of all, they filmed the first four episodes before I was even cast. And then they expect me to care about it so much. And then they start paying me the voiceover fee. When people start talking real about this stuff, it's going to be funny. And I mean, I cannot wait for the transcriptions from the Gina Carano lawsuit. That's going to be, that's going to be just make gold. You know, they, they haven't, her, her, um, her complaint was so weird. It was like, part of it was like, and you have to also put me back on the show. Like, have you ever heard anything so insane in your life? It's like, that's, you can't like, you can't like sue someone to recast you in a show. Like, that's so stupid. (laughs) She wants to make sure Poochie didn't blow up on the way back to his planet. Yeah, it's like that's gonna be a great Simpsons episode. Poochie sues. Can you imagine Itchy and Scratchy Sanger? Who's the one who owns the rice? Itchy and Scratchy. Oh my gosh! Um, give me a second. I can see the character, but I can't think of his name. Could you imagine if you could legally obligate a company to cast you in a show? Like that's insane. It's It's obviously impossible. Comedy gold. Yeah, be 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 silent while I look this up, please. Zenger, like we we should all say we're glued to the screen as Zenger is like visually fact checking this. Like it's like being on Jeopardy and waiting for the judges to like give their ruling. It's like, mm, mm. like when I make the Iowa Smith franchise, I'm gonna have them contractually obligate to have me as the star. <laughs> That's why that worked for Sylvester Stallone a few times. I know. Well, it's on the Krusty the Clown show. I know that. Oh, yes. Like, we know that. Obviously. God dang it. Simpsons has been around too freaking long. That's definitely true. But no, okay. Chris, okay. So, like, if Zanger weren't distracted, I would ask him what he thinks of the Gina Carano Carano lawsuit. But I feel like hilarious. (laughs) That's it. Just hilarious. Like, I, I I mean, God, Hollywood just keeps giving and giving. First, it was the Johnny Depp thing, and then we found out way too much about that. Then the slap, <laughs> we just found out way too much about his life, and now we're going to find out what weird stuff Gina Carano's up to. I think it's less Gina Carano and what the Walt Disney Company is up to. Yeah, I think that's, that's the scary part. They they won't let anything out on that. They're gonna they're gonna like subpoena internal emails where they're just gonna be, there's just gonna be two like twenty four year old producers like saying catty stuff about Gina Carano and like how can we get rid of her? <laughs> it's gonna be great. I think it's Elon Musk's play to buy Disney. Roger Myers, by the way. Yes, Roger, Roger Myers, Myers Jr. Yes. Voiced by Hank Azaria. 
Okay, so like Poochie's going to sue Richard. Oh my gosh, he hasn't been in the episodes in a long time. Yeah, they don't really do itchy and scratchy gags anymore. No, they don't. It's because the children wouldn't get it. What do you mean Saturday morning cartoons? What do you mean Tom and Jerry? Are you talking about the 50s? Like, what are you talking about? It's weird to think. It's funny now when you look at the Simpsons and they do like Marge and Homer like flashbacks to them like getting to first know each other. It's like them in like 1995 and it's just like, what? It's like, <laughs> what, like what, what sort of hell have I been teleported into? More like 2003 or something. I know. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah, because I remember they were like in the 70s original. Like I remember all those flashbacks where it was the 70s and it made sense. God, it sucks being a grandpa. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gina Carano. Yeah, Gina Carano thing. Like Joe and I were talking about this in real life where like I think the whole thing with Gina Carano is that she probably is expecting like, – again, like Chris said, you can't force the company to recast you unless like Disney – Yeah, but she has wiggle room. What do you mean by that? If, if it, she'll, she'll have wriggle room. She'll be like, well, if you're not going to cast me, I want this instead. But that's what I mean. Like, the thing is, like, she's going to eventually get some form of settlement similar to what happened with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Again, apples to oranges comparison. Because, like, the last thing Disney wants is they don't want any of, like, internal documents being, like, exposed during discovery. That's the whole thing. Like, they're going to be so afraid of something getting out. And that's the thing about discovery is that, like, anything is fair game that's tangential. So they're going to settle with her. The only thing that's weird about this is like Gina Carano does come from money. So like she doesn't need it. It could be just being done to just harass Disney and just put another nail in the coffin for them. You sit there and you look at it though, but who's engineering? Who's engineering the lawsuit? All you have to do is just follow the money. Who's starting? Dang, she's my height. No, it's not about money at all. Like I think Jason Kelsey's height. Yes. But the uh, the the minimum payout specified uh, of compensation in her complaint is like seventy five grand. It's just like it's they they really just want to make it case law that you uh, can't be fired for sharing opinions with half the country on Twitter. X, it's Elon Musk that's fronting the money for the lawsuit. He's doing this with a bunch. Well, of she got fired for what she said on Twitter, so it's kind of relevant. X. Way was Twitter back then. X. It's Grand Admiral Thrawn who's actually funding the lawsuit with yes. the gold-faced stormtrooper. How perfect. I think it's his play, his play to sit there and air out some of their dirty laundry, drop the stock price because it's already not the highest it's been. And so what he could do is just take it over like he did with Twitter. It's a good way to, it's a good way to, to manufacture some cultural change in an institution that desperately needs it. Sanger, you should talk to Elon Musk and get him to release detours. I on it. <laughs> Every day Zanger tweets to Elon. Hey, at least the detours. <laughs> that that oh one God. episode right. that got you guys know the one episode that got leaked. It was a test market thing. No one, no one's gonna take their career into their their hands and drop that for no reason. That was test market. Zanger finds out that during Discovery with Gina Carano, that's one of the things is the detour series <laughs> has to be released. <laughs> God, I, I'd, I'd oh, be on her side. I'd, I'd make a sign. I'd stand outside of the thing and be like, "Woo, Imagine. let's do this." Elon Musk just slips that into the settlement requirements. That'd be great. <laughs> also, how did I not <laughs> notice that Bear Grylls did a series where he drags poor celebrities out into the woods? He's had that there. I know, and I've never. He's had it for like ten years. How yeah, did I not know wild. about this? In the wild with Bear Grylls it was yeah, on, exactly. On BC. I'm looking at some of these people, man. 
How are they not dead? Oh, I, I mean, him dragging Channing Tatum out there. I mean, oh, Dave Batista. Oh, man, he takes takes the destroyer. We really are scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should also oh, talk about Natalie Portman. What? Yeah, Natalie Portman. Okay, we should also probably discuss in the things that are unfortunate, the passing of Carl Weathers. Um, no more Grief Karga, no more Apollo Creed. Um, yeah. And uh, Gronk make the kit of destiny. Oh, yeah, yeah he missed it. Because, because he missed Carl. That's why. Yeah. He was training them. Yeah, you know it's a re- it's uh, it's a real shame. Obviously, like Predator is his probably greatest cinematic achievement. I'm not a big Rocky fan, but uh, it's definitely not Mandalorian. No matter how you slice it, but uh, he was he was so, he was sort of cool in season one, and then he became like Mayor Quimby after that. So like, I don't know. <laughs> Man, just keep it with the Simpsons jokes, aren't we? Action Jackson was his best film by far. I keep for I keep forgetting he was in Happy Gilmore. And then yeah, I'm reminded he's in Happy Gilmore, and it's hilarious. But, but uh, you know, do you? But like, it's it's weird, right? Because like the the next season of The Mandalorian once again gets weirder by by something like the passing of Carl Weathers, and it's like, you know, it's it's almost like if Gina Carano were forced to be back in the show, it would like bring back some of the original crew of the first season in in a nicer way. Now that you can't have Carl Weathers. But it does move season four, though, because what could happen is something happened to him off camera. And then next thing you know, they're like, listen, he's not here anymore. you got to move. And all of these Mandalorians have to move with you. We don't want you here anymore because this guy only wanted you here. Well, we just want you to go away. So how how canceled am I going to be for saying that she has to come back, but she can only repeat character? Oh, my God. Chris, you might have to bleep that entire yeah. thing. It's a giant blaster shot. Just a yeah. very. Yeah, I mean, you'll not ne- audience. You'll never know what that theory was. Oh but, no, 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 no! The best part is Disney. I'll be a lawyer for you. I've got you. Yeah. I'll say it in open court. Well, I'm just saying, you know, like basically because of that, his original crew is all gone. Um, at this point, yeah. because. Because Quill's yeah, Quill's dead. I Ig is a is a walking skeleton, and uh, Gina Carano and Carl Weathers are theoretically not in season four. So it it really strips it down uh, from what it probably was intended to be a couple years ago. What about that other guy that was an Imperial? Bill Burr. Yeah, I haven't seen him in. An- <laughs> Don't worry, he said something worse than I just did, so he can't be on Disney stuff anyways. Yeah, when Gina Carano got kicked off the show, like he he was on a podcast and he's like, "Yikes, I'm on that show." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And then he was never seen again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Star Wars wise, it's uh, like I say, at this point, like I would imagine we're not going to get an acolyte trailer until what after the Bad Bunch is done. Ooh, acolyte's going to be live action, right? Yeah. Yes, that's the one with ponytail Chewbacca that you've probably seen a behind-the-scenes photo of. Hold on. Perfect thing. They could bring Lizzo back, and she could be the administrator of the planet. Okay, okay, if my thing didn't get bleeped. 
That would be perfect. Uh, as as silly as that was, it didn't uh, offend uh, any any recently deceased people. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Yeah, so when she wins the lawsuit, she's going to come back and she'll just be the mayor of that town, like feet up on the desk because Elon Musk decreed it so. Lord I, Musk, come on, get up. I'm the administrator now. She's not replacing the characters anymore. She's just going to be the new mayor of that town. Yeah, that's fine. I never said I was in favor of the other thing. I just thought it would be. Singer, that idea was too dangerous to have on on, on, on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we continue to talk about it, but I can't say what it was anymore. No. <laughs> Anything else Star Wars related or uh, I feel like like stuff happened, but nothing really juicy. I, I'm I'm still the most the thing I'm most excited for is uh, out, Outlaws. It's going to oh, be Outlaws. good. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's at, man. I'm going to crush Dark Forces and then patiently wait for Outlaws. Oh, oh, so you're not going to play the remake of the Battlefront games? Why would I? I've already. They've been available on Xbox One for years. The original Battlefront games. I guess they're adding online multiplayer, which is cool. Heck yeah, man! Yeah. Am I the only person that's excited for the Phantom Menace re-release? Like, I feel like... Yeah, like Zach, I'm going. What do you want? I'm going to go. I know, but like, you, like, it feels more like an obligation. Like, it's like a cousin's wedding. No, I'm going to try and get... Uh, I'm going to try and trick, like, a person who's never seen it before to come with me. We'll see how it goes. I think that's... Chris, that's actually a great idea. Fantastic call to action for the audience. Convince some rando plebe to come to the theater with you. Tell them that's the latest... You can't even say Marvel movie anymore. Tell them it's Barbie too. Go find or, some or, rando. Tell them that Margot Robbie made another Barbie movie. It's like a Beyonce album. They did it in secret. Tell them that's what it is. And then have the have the Nemoidians talk about trade disputes. It'll be fantastic. I, I got this. I got this. Ellie, we're going to the movies. There. Done. That's commitment there. That's that's theatrical. Is Anger actually just yelled down the hall? I don't know what time it is there. Maybe someone's trying to sleep. I don't know. He just yelled down the hall. Yep. Zanger woke up woke up at least one of his children by that comment. Heck yeah. I'm gonna try and get somebody who's never even seen a Star Wars to uh to come with me and I'll let you guys know how that goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, once again, let me yell down the hall again. <laughs> Ellie, we're gonna see the crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> 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 door gets kicked in at that point yeah. they, they made another one <laughs> no I mean like I, I think I said this after it happened but like when I, when Return of the Jedi was back in theaters like I went with my girlfriend and when Vader threw the Emperor down the chute she was like I never realized it was Vader that killed the Emperor and she's like why did he yell no <laughs> I don't think that stood out to her. So, you know, maybe Should Lucas have. Oh, no, Lucas won. Lucas, Lucas won. won. Yeah. It's almost like he's just been right about everything the whole time. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's going to be weird seeing CGI. It's, oh, God, like, I guess I did see CGI. For some reason, I don't remember CGI Yoda in the 2012 3D re-release. I just don't remember that. You were too distracted by your pod racer goggles. I know. Chris, we should do that. We should all get like Joe 3D printed some Anakin pod racing goggles with clear lenses, so we can all sit there and be like, "I will look that up now." <laughs> it won't be very flexible. 
they're really crushing my head, but god dang it, it's some good the stuff. The elastic's hurting my, my temples. <laughs> Just eat the popcorn, you monster. <laughs> eat the popcorn, shut up. <laughs> they're free goggles, what do you expect? So, do you guys, do you guys think that Dune 2 started uh, an arms race of offensive popcorn buckets? <laughs> like, who's gonna, who's gonna try and follow that up? Did you, Chris, it's funny you mentioned that, tying that to Star Wars. I was reading an article online about, like, themed popcorn buckets and whoever they were interviewing i guess it's somebody who's like a merchant for like amc theaters is like oh this all started in 2019 where we had an r2d2 popcorn bucket for the rise of skywalker like this was the first time we really thought about doing more of a novelty versus like just like like wrapping a popcorn tin or a plastic bucket and they're like yeah it was the rise of skywalker r2d2 that was like the foundation for all this well, I mean, it's a—it's uh, like a forty-year-old iconic character. It really has nothing to do with the Rise of Skywalker. Why it was popular? I—I I know, but it's weird to think that, like, in this article themed around like all the people getting like weirdly aroused by like a Dune popcorn like tin, the, the AMC merchant for this for the last like five years is like this was like the foundation to it all. It's—I didn't expect it, and they're showing all the stuff that's been done just in the last like six months, whether it be like Barbie convertible. The mean can you imagine? Book, a mean girl's burn book. Can you imagine being the guy yeah. who like who like came up with that like sandworm popcorn bucket? Like you never thought this job was gonna change your life, but you better believe. <laughs> Everybody in the office is like pervert. Who came up with it? I, I wanna know. I cause you know it went through multiple, multiple hands, and nobody went, hold up. What's going on here? <laughs> or a couple people realized what would happen and clued in that it was marketing genius because people who don't even care about that movie want one of those just to for the amusement factor or someone higher up came up with it and nobody had the guts to tell them no i don't even think those are going to be allowed in canada i never saw them <laughs> we don't we don't have the same i don't know i need the... to look up virginia's rules on on those kind of things yeah we don't have the same freedoms as you guys like something like that that's wild stuff we're not getting that <laughs> Oh, the Doom popcorn bucket. And Especially it's funny, Chris, they're already selling them. You can buy them because they had them out for the AMC or I know AMC's um, like re-release of Doom 1 in theaters. Well, is it an AMC product? Yeah. It's, oh, well, that's why I don't have, have it. it. That's oh. why I don't have it, yeah. eBay it is. So wait, I got to go on eBay, get it, and then take it to the theater? Yes, that's exactly. You have to explain to the regal attendant <laughs> why you're trying to sneak in an empty popcorn bucket. You're like, sir, it's supposed to be the other way around. You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't need the popcorn, just the bucket. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. <laughs> oh, no. Well, that has to be laser blasted out as well. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the Doom popcorn bucket. It's like, it's like, Chris, can you give me, like, is there another example? And like, no. Oh, God. Do you guys remember the episode of Chappelle show where it's like uh, moments in like dating history? Yeah. It, like it reminds me of that. It's like, it's, it's like a bit, it's like a, it's like a mad TV sketch that came to life. 
the, it's like that's it's like we truly live in the worst timeline the, the dune the dune popcorn bucket kind of reminds me of like the this was not a, a theater thing but it kind of reminds me of the jar jar like tongue lolly oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah you get to make out with jar jar yeah that thing i've been looking at those on ebay for, for <laughs> no, no particular reason and i they're like they're like 80 bucks no candy and like 200 with candy and the candy looks so gnarly by now as you can possibly imagine i just but, cannot uh, wait to get them like years from now with the popcorn in them <laughs> still chris is like one ticket for dune please do even say it dune two please with a popcorn bucket in one hand jar jar lollipop on the other well it's like if i could if i could get that popcorn bucket here we don't have amc like i said but I'd be going up and I'd be like, oh, I'll get the that bucket, but, uh, you know, no popcorn in it, please. I don't know how many guys are going to do that, but I don't need real popcorn. They might Too many. Do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a collectible, sir. I don't need popcorn dust in there. Still still put the butter in, though. <laughs> <laughs> that Man, so many. Don't laser blast that one out. <laughs> oh, boy. We jumped a shark on that one. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm actually making notes this time. You know, it takes so long when I don't. Wow. All right, we're gonna end it on a high note. So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Dune Popcorn Bucket Two podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. At KOV Podcast on Instagram. Uh, message Chris to see what his address is so you can send him a Dune 2 popcorn bucket. If you like what you hear, please rate us on Spotify and leave us a review on iTunes. Any sort of feedback, preferably one of the 5 out of 5 variety, is certainly appreciated. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. If you want to hear more from me, you are unfortunately stuck with this podcast because I, much like you, are still waiting for Monstober to get posted on Cinemodities. Um, Wait, what? But, yeah, there's still Monstober. <laughs> Roberto only posted the initial inaugural episode of Monstober 2023, and there's still four episodes that are just weirdly in the, the world between worlds right now. Um, but when you are not waiting for more cinemodities, Jason Kelsey, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me whenever I decide to actually do another episode of Sing This. No, <laughs> we'll be coming back shortly. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can find me on there talking nerdy stuff. And you can also find me and my brother talking about our life in football, whatever that podcast is that Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey do. Okay, there's a, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they uh, have a podcast. Of course they do. Everybody's got a gimmick these days. Joe, when you are not too busy destroying retail, what are you up to? I'm trying to find a perfect background for Kyle Kestis in in the Titan sub so we could post on the Knights of Vader Facebook page. Uh, that's what I'll be doing rest of the night tonight. So more <laughs> to come on that one. Living, living large. I'm, I'm living the dream right now. So, <laughs> Joe, you got to position him like Slim Pickens and Doctor Strangelove, like riding it down, like riding like down, like a swoosh of like waters and bubbles just behind him as he rides it down to the like seabed floor. That's exactly what I need. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> I try. And Chris, when you're too busy lamenting the fact that there are no AMCs in the the Great North, what are you up to? 
Well, you know, I mentioned it earlier. Um, everybody loves our good buddy, Russ, who occasionally co-hosts with us. If you want to hear me and him at the same time, you can check out the Unbelievers live stream from February 23rd. And that's it for me. All right, folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you.